Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're ready to rock and roll, so we'll get right to it. Thank you for joining us uh, at the Collision of Faith and Politics with the Ninja Pastor. That will be, be me, Dr. Sean Greener, the Reverend Dr. Sean Greener, as uh, as Mr. Barker announces me. I love that, how he says that. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's it's just flat out an honor to have you. And, um, you know, the numbers that Blog Talk Radio tell us that we're going to have today uh, are pretty shocking. So I hope you're among that group. It'd be pretty darn cool. Hey, listen, uh, as a, you have a choice to listen, whoever you want, do whatever you want with your time. And I'm, I'm flat out honored, flat out honored that we take the time. So what have you reached? If you're a first time listener, you've reached the collision of faith and politics with the Ninja Pastor. And uh, we're kind of a little bit wild here. We, we're not a big fan of Political correctness, we're a big fan of getting it done, calling it what it is. Today, we are going to have a phenomenal guest. Um, I'm so excited to have him on. His name is Mr. Lamar Gunn. He is the lieutenant governor candidate running against Bethany Hall Long in the state of Delaware. And uh, you're going to learn more about him in a little bit. But let me tell you something. This guy is going to take the world by storm. He already has been in the world of business and investments and philanthropy. And now he's running for lieutenant governor. Tired of hearing hearing people talk about what needs to be done. And he's all about doing it. My great friend Janice Gallagher down in in, uh, Camden, Wyoming, Delaware, just below Dover. She's running. She's a citizen. The Center for Self-Governance graduate. She's, uh, you know, we did a bunch of classes together. And she's, uh, she's like a sister. Wonderful, wonderful human being. And she is getting it done. She is getting it done, and uh, she's thrown her hat in the ring, and that's what we need, folks. That's what we need. We need citizens to get involved. Look, <clears throat> I'm going to say some things today. If you've never listened before, I'm going to say some things today that are going to shock you. Uh, they're not done to shock you for the value of just shocking you. Uh, they're said because they're true. And uh, to tell you the just the flat-out honest truth, no point in us fluffing stuff up at this point. Know what I mean? We're, we're down to it. A couple weeks, three weeks now, we're down to it. Most important election of our lifetime. Seriously, straight up. Most important election of our lifetime. And I'll tell you this, you know, it all comes down to this. And, and you can take it seriously if you want to. You can say, hey, you know, I'm just going to 
can sit back, see what's going on, what's happening, you know, and then I'll play it by ear. Really? Gonna play what by ear? What are you gonna play by ear? What are you gonna play by ear? Can't play anything by ear. This is the this is this is the governance of this country. This is this is this is it. This is this is all we got here. It's our freedom, our liberty. Matters too much. Matters too much to sit on the back burner. Got to get on the front burner where all the heat is. I'm telling you right now. Hey, listen, before we get too far started, um, I want to, uh, I don't usually ask for prayers for myself or my family, but uh, my brother Lance is in a real bad way. And, uh, you know, he's been in intensive care for a long time now. And uh, we're just praying for a great turnaround and and they're trying some new things, and we'll see if that I can't kick some things in the gear. But we've been praying for him. If you want to know more about that situation, uh, theninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com, D R S H A W N G R E E N E R.com. Go to the Ninja Pastor blog or go over to listen. Listen's over to the left in the upper, upper left. Listen to Sunday's message. It's free, no commercials, one hour. And, um, you know, That'll explain some stuff. Also, some some big, big prayers for my buddy, Chris Cahalen, man. Couldn't ask for a nicer guy. Couldn't ask for a better guy. Uh, right now, even right now, he is hearing whether or not uh, what, the, what the game plan is as far as his cancer, because unfortunately, uh, he is sad to say his cancer is back. Remember, we've been we've been um, we've been praying for him and praying for him and praying for him and. Um, uh, he went through the Whipple procedure, brave as he can be. I mean, just the dude is awesome, awesome believer. And unfortunately, uh, the cancer is back, and, uh, you know, they're finding out now what the game plan is. So uh, really, really, if you could uh, if you could find your way, if you're a praying person, you believe in prayer, you believe in who you're praying to, um, you know, certainly now's the time to turn loose the lion of heaven. Turn loose the line of heaven and, and uh, the line of Judah and see what we can get done. Now, <clears throat> today, uh, like I said, we're going to have Lamar Gunn on. I've been wanting to have him on for a while. Busy guy. You know, he's also three weeks uh, from, uh, you know, probably the biggest, one of the biggest days of his life. And I have to tell you, uh, it's hard work, man. It's hard work. It is. Uh, there's nothing easy about it. Seriously. There's nothing easy about it. Uh, running for office is quite frankly, it's a meat grinder. You know what I mean? It's a meat grinder. It's a hard, hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to put your family through. This guy's a true blue family guy. He's, he's all about the people. And, uh, so you're going to hear more about him. I'm, I'm telling you right now, this guy, it, it's my hope that if he wants, if he gets into politics and wants to stay in the politics, uh, I think eventually he will run for president of the United States of America. That's that's what I think of this guy. When when we uh, I talk about his plan, I don't know if we'll get into all the plan today, but it is the most cogent, absolutely unbelievable sausage, by the way. Someone's asking me, sausage or hamburger? And we're going for sausage today. Why don't they make beef sausage? Do they make beef sausage? I could be a total idiot. I'm sure I've eaten beef sausage, but that sounds like it'd be a good thing. Um. Anyway, this, this plan, I was blown away. You know, you see people put plans out, you know, the website, um, you think, by the way, there's a link. If you click on, uh, the ninjapastor.com, you go to the most recent blog post, which talks about this show just below Lamar's picture. 
uh, you will find um, we'll find a link there to his plan. It's 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 stunning. It's the most I've read a lot of plans. I've talked to a lot of politicians, uh, and you know we've interviewed a lot of them, and a lot of people talk a good game. But I'm here to tell you um, this plan actually blew my mind. Blew my mind. So I want to share this with you, share with me, a guy by the name of Tom Nicholson. Now, I don't know this guy. I'd love to interview him, um, but I want to give him credit. Uh, October 13th at 9.44 p.m., he posted this on social media. It was a picture of a Corvette. Those who know me know I'm just nuts about the new Corvette. Um, I certainly don't have the coinage to, to purchase something like that. But if I did, you can bet it would probably be red, uh, metal flake. It would have the uh, carbon fiber package on it, ground effects package and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been in my dream for a long, long time. So this guy posts this, this Tom Nicholson posts this, and I thought it was absolutely awesome. Um, a guy looked at my, and my son forwarded this to me and a couple of other people, my buddy Darren, good buddy Darren, he, he forwarded this. To, people know me, I guess. I don't know why, but they know me. So a guy looked at the, my Corvette the other day and said, I wonder how many people could have been fed for the money that sports car cost. Well, I replied, I'm not sure. It fed a lot of families in Bowling Green, Kentucky, who built it. Fed a lot of people who make the tires. It fed the people who made the components that went into it. Fed the people in the copper mine who mined the copper for the wires. It fed people in Decatur, Illinois, and at Caterpillar who make the trucks that haul the copper ore. Fed the trucking people who hauled it from the plant to the dealer and fed the people working at the dealership but and their families. But I have to admit, I really don't know how many people it did feed. You see, that's the difference between capitalism and welfare mentality. When you buy something, you put money in people's pockets and you give them dignity for their skills. When you give someone something for nothing, you rob them of their dignity and self-worth. Capitalism is freely giving your money in exchange for something of value. Socialism is taking your money against your will and shoving something down your throat you never did ask for. I've decided I can't be politically correct anymore. I never was, actually. And I thought that was funny. Uh, really stuck out to me. My, Like I say, my son knows I love that Corvette, and he knows this is my thinking. So, uh, hey, welcome welcome to folks in chat. Join us in chat if you're on a on a computer that will support that or you're in a Wi-Fi environment. I think you could probably rock and roll on some chat. They have some fun stuff going on over there. It's a smart bunch of people. So, <laughs> you, you know, let's, let's, let's just unpack this just for a second. First of all, Corvette is a beautiful automobile, and and uh, and and it gets noticed. You know, you you when you own a Corvette, you're going to get noticed. You're going to get noticed, and and like my buddy Jerry uh, from Pennsylvania says, people have to understand this. In order for there to be a thriving middle class, there must also be a luxury class to employ them, and to make their goods, and to you know uh, to get you know their their jobs. Look, where, who do you think you work for? But here's the thing, the whole socialist class, the whole uh, politically correct socialist class thinks, oh, hey, you know what? You should give us that stuff. And it just, it's exasperating. It's absolutely exasperating. So anyway, so let me say this. This is what I have to say about the Donald Trump as a racist woman abuser. Uh, those of you who listen to the show for a long, long time, you know, uh, I think we've been on now, I guess, four years, maybe somewhere close to four years. And uh, you know that uh, I did a show when... I don't know. There's three, four hundred people in the on the Republican side in the in the race. What was there? Seventeen or nineteen people up on the stage at one of the debates. Come on, 
And uh, now it's whittled down to one, Donald Trump. He's our, he is our candidate. We got to accept that. But the fact of the matter is I did a whole show, maybe even two or three shows where I said, hey, this is not my guy because this is my guy. And you guys know that was Ted Cruz. My guy was Ted Cruz. I wanted Ted Cruz to win. Felt like he had all the skill sets, uh, background, all of that stuff. Fighter, you know, people calling him an establishment guy. Nothing could be further from the truth. But the fact of the matter is Ted Cruz didn't win. He didn't win. So now we have Donald Trump. Donald Trump, fair and square, beat everybody else. So this is what I have to say about Donald Trump as a race. And I'm going to vote for him. I'm going to support him. I am supporting him now. And you'll understand a little bit more why here in a little bit. We have a guy, Donald Trump. This is uh, Rush Limbaugh said this. We have a guy, Donald Trump. He's an A-list celebrity, rich and famous, who's been surrounded by beautiful women all over the world for 30 years. Not once in 30 years has any of these women claimed he assaulted them. Yeah, that only happened three weeks before the presidential election in which he's running. The polls are closer than they ever thought. Same thing with Trump and racism. For 30 years in public life, nobody ever called him a racist till he ran for president. Till he ran for president. Look, I'm going to tell you something. Trump isn't the perfect man. Trump may not be the perfect candidate. In fact, we know he's not the perfect candidate. But at this moment in history, folks, he is the best man for the job. You want to know why? Because he is the only man for the job. You say, well, you know, we've got we've got uh, Gary Johnson and, and Weld and come on, let that go. Put the pipe down. Put the pipe down. Wish I was high. Come on now. You got to let that go. You can't live. You can't live in that world of crazy. You can't do it. Look, I respect anybody can vote for whoever they want to. I get that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Smart folks going to vote for who they believe in. Straight up. They're going to vote for who they believe in. And you know what? That is totally okay. But I'm going to tell you something. Donald Trump is up against Hillary Clinton in the election of our lifetime. It's the election of our lifetime, folks. It's not the election of the decade. It's not the election of two decades, the election of our lifetime, most important that we've ever had. I'm going to tell you that if Hillary Clinton wins, she will put five to seven people on the Supreme Court. You can better believe that those will be the five to seven worst people ever, ever to sit on the Supreme Court. Well, that's fact. And let me tell you, they'll rewrite the laws. You think all of this stuff going on with the FBI director, James Comey, and all of these people, you think that it's bad now, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Now's the time. Now's the time to get a dose of real. Now's the time. We got, what do I have? Two more, two more shows, one more show. After today. After that, one more show. It's going to be time. We're all going to have to flock to the polls. Trump is not perfect. We all know that. Neither was Ted Cruz. Look, none of the candidates are perfect. None of us are. There is no perfect candidate until Yeshua runs, and he ain't running. He's already king. And one day the sky is going to split from east to west. 
And that king is going to resume his throne. But until then, you and I got to do the right thing. Look, I understand I had a lady reach out to me today. I have a, a huge Mormon following. Uh, they tell me probably I have about 200,000 Mormons that follow me, and I have great respect for the Mormon faith. I have great respect for Mormon people, some of the best people I've ever met in my life. Seriously, most dependable. Do you know that Mormons are the number one recruiting class uh, for the CIA and FBI? Did you know that? Why do they do that? Because Mormons are, as a people, they are the most uh, reliable people. They are the most reliable people. So I have a huge Mormon following, and I like that. I've got great Mormon friends. Well, this great Mormon lady who I, who I have great, great respect for, wonderful human being, uh, she says, look, there's never a day where I will vote for Donald Trump. And I said, you know what? You, you have every right. You have every right. I'm going to tell you you're completely uncategorically wrong. It is, it is absolutely the worst possible decision you could ever make. Why? Because, listen, the left has one enemy, us. They hate us. They may disagree. Heck, they don't even really even know. <laughs> they don't really even know the issues. They really don't. They want free stuff. They want people to give them free stuff. They want people to give them free stuff. They want people to endorse their lifestyle, whatever lifestyle they may have. They don't want anybody standing in the way. They want what they want, and they want you to pay for it. They want you to pay for it. Here's the problem. Here's the really big problem with that. You know what? That is socialism. But I'm going to tell you beyond any shadow of a doubt, any shadow of a doubt, this election, this one right here, the one we're about to vote in, mm, most important ever. I'm going to say this. Listen, I, I've been all around the world. I've been fortunate to be in 54 countries on my uh, fourth passport. I've been around some powerful, amazing people. I've had the opportunity to be, you know, up close and personal with some amazing people. Some people you would never think have the language that they have, but they do. You can't freak out about it. Here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. That quote from Rush is absolutely true. We have this guy, Donald Trump. He's an A-list celebrity, rich and famous, who's been surrounded by beautiful women all over the world for 30 years. Not once in 30 years, three decades. Has any of these women claimed he's assaulted him? Look, he is a famous guy. He's a billionaire. And if something like that happened, let me just tell you something. You're making a call to an attorney, and that attorney's making a call to the Donald Trump organization. And guess what? They're going to say, hey, look, we're going to take you to court. Here's the evidence we have. We're going to make this allegation. You know what? We'll get on television. We'll make this claim. That could have been done anytime. And if that were the case, they may have gotten a payoff. You know, the only person between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump who's had to pay off a woman for a claim she's made, well, that would be Hillary Clinton, $850,000. Racism? Black people all over the country, all over the world, in fact. They say, nope, didn't happen that way. Listen, Miss USA, several Miss USAs have come out. They were in that room that the other woman who happens to work for Hillary Clinton said she was in the room and, and uh, he just walked into the dressing room and looked around and ogled them and all this stuff. Well, here's the story that you didn't hear. That actually didn't happen. We know from five other women who don't have any connection to the Donald Trump organization or the Hillary Clinton organization, but they came out and they said, 
They said, look, here's the deal. That morning we were told Mr. Trump would be coming by. He's going to walk through and thank us for competing and thank us for working so hard and wish us good luck in the live broadcast that night. So we're not exactly positive when he's going to get here, but we think around this time, as people are saying, he's a pretty punctual guy. So, you know, just be ready. We don't want anyone undressed. So have all your dressing done by such and such a time. That was 30 to 40 minutes prior to the event. Well, guess what happens? 30 minutes before, all the ladies are told, hey, look, you're going to have to be dressed. Anybody not dressed, you're going to have to go somewhere else to get dressed. So everybody's dressed. Everybody's ready. Door, they knock on the door. Donald Trump and his security come in. It's not just Donald Trump and his security. Guess what? Guess who it is? It's Donald Trump, his security, and Melania Trump. I think it was Melania. Melania or Ivanka. I can't remember which one it was. But uh, so they come in. And five of these women say, you know what? He never once ogled us. He never once looked us up and down. In fact, he pretty much just stared at Melania or Ivanka, whichever one it was. I don't remember which one it was. And he didn't, he didn't, you know, ogle us. He didn't look at our chest. He didn't look nothing. And we were all dressed. He was extremely polite, extremely encouraging. So that, that didn't happen. But you know what? People fall for it. People fall for this all the time. But it does not occur to them. It doesn't occur to them. It doesn't stick out to them. That, hey, you know what? How about this coming out just now? How about the polls being neck and neck, if you believe the polls? How about the polls being neck and neck? Mm, now, all of a sudden, this comes out. Really? Really? All this time. Suddenly, he's a racist. Suddenly he's a womanizer. You know what? The stuff he said, and I don't like it either. Come on, let's go to a let's go to a high school or a college locker room. Tell you what, let's do. Let's do you one better. One, two, just for fun. Let's go to a ladies' locker room. Anywhere around the country. Let's hear what the women's say. Make your hair, make your hair turn gray. Hey, Donna Hallenquist, she's another person on social media. I told her I was going to steal this. The five facts that just might prove Trump is actually beating Hillary. Let's take a look at the facts. And the media completely ignores or covers up. Instead, they've been giving Clinton the lead, despite the fact she can't get anyone to even show up to her rallies. Now, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it. They use the real tight shots when Hillary Clinton. They use the long shots, you know, and show tens of thousands of people at Trump's rallies. Now, Trump Trump is doing three or four appearances a day sometimes. Tens of thousands of people. Well, here's fact one, just for fun. Trump has nearly three times the amount of followers on Facebook. If that matters to you, if that has any, you know, I know for me, you know, it's a big deal. Uh, Trump has 12,174,358 likes. Clinton, 4, 000, I'm sorry, 12,174,358 likes. Clinton has 4,385,959 likes. Let's look, when, when Donald Trump does a live stream, li now this is a big important thing, um, and you folks that have been sending me messages asking me to do the Facebook Live again and do the YouTube videos again, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I got, my brother's really, really sick, and so I've been kind of dealing with that and, and um I'm actually in a uh, photography thing right now, and so I'm going to be posting a lot of pictures. If you're on Facebook, click on like. I think I have, I don't know if I have 5,000 friends still or not, but um, click on like on there, and then you can see the photos uh, that I take. I'm just an amateur, but I'm involved in the middle of 
something with photography. In fact, I'm going to do some uh, sunset photography after the show. So Clinton has 4 million. 300,000 likes, 12 million, 174 for, uh, for Donald Trump. Live stream videos, though. Live stream videos. By the way, I'm, I am going to do more of those when things settle down. Live stream. This is an important thing, folks. This is 21 hours ago. This is a little more than 21 hours ago. 135,000 likes, 18,167 shares, 1.5 million views. Now, let's look at Hillary Clinton live stream. Just for fun, because that's what we do. We're fun-loving people. Hillary Clinton live stream post 25 hours ago, 9,000 likes, zero shares, 121,000 views. Now, look, folks, I you know, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they don't need to look at it. Maybe they say, hey, we don't do that. We're going to vote for her. It doesn't matter to us. Hey, you know what? That could be true. Absolutely. Could be true. Oh, sure. Why not? Absolutely be true. By the way, the first uh, the first part of our broadcast is brought to you by Second Call Defense. If you have a gun at home, you own a gun at home, any kind of gun, no matter what it is, and, and Lord forbid, if you carry a gun, if you have a concealed carry permit, you carry a gun, your insurance will not cover you. Your homeowner's insurance will not cover you. In fact, it is excluded. So you go to the ninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com. At the bottom, there's a banner. You get a month free. They give you all kinds of information, free videos, the whole bit. We're not going to spam you, none of that stuff. So it's brought to you by Second Call Defense. Now you get it, your best deals through uh, through drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com. And it's brought to you by Amsoil. You ever hear Amsoil? It's the most amazing uh, automobile lubricant known to man. I can actually go 10,000 miles between oil changes and uh, it's unreal. Absolutely unreal. So contact me through the contact me page of my website. We'll give you all the information you need. So there you have it. That's what uh, Amsoil through drshawngreener.com and Second Call Defense through drshawngreener.com. That's who's sponsoring this first part. Anyway, live streams, man, they're important. Doesn't look good. Maybe it doesn't make a difference. Remember, they have one enemy, us. They know who they're voting against. They know who they're voting for. We're still in the midst. We've got people out there still going, mm, I don't know. We've got alleged conservatives and alleged Christians saying, I can't, I cannot bring myself to vote for that man. I get it. I understand. I understand. But I'm telling you right now, we will absolutely lose. And if we lose, so do our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, if we're even able to have them. I'm telling you, it'll be over as we know it. The country will be gone. It will be done. You might not like how Trump handles things, but I'll tell you what, I believe he has now more than ever. I believe he has the cojones. He has the people behind him. He has the gumption and he doesn't care if you don't like him in Congress. Listen, look at who is uh, sticking by his side and look who has always been against him and, and who recently has bailed on him. And those are the Republicans we don't trust. Those are the alleged conservatives we don't trust. Hey, here's another thing to think about. Fact number two. 18.6 million Twitter followers. That's Donald Trump. Twitter followers, 8.6 million. I think I have just over a thousand. If you don't follow me on Twitter, go to the Ninja Pastor at theninjapastor.com. Click on follow. I'd love for you to do that. I do not get a toaster if I get to 10,000. 18.6 million Twitter followers, Hillary Clinton. And, and look, we know this. Hillary Clinton's probably half of hers are fake. 6.1 million. 
18.6 million Twitter followers, 6.1. Come on now. But the, here's what we know. Washington Examiner says 41% of Hillary Clinton's followers, they're not even real people. It's a, it's a computer. that they, It's a program you buy. You pay for followers. It's a fake thing. Daily, Call, Daily Caller has analyzed Donald Trump's followers. They say 90% are real, with 90% of them having a previous voting record. <coughs> Trump averages 160,000 viewers per live stream. 160,000 viewers. 160,000 viewers. Clinton averages 400 viewers. He gets 5,000 more eyeballs focused on the screen than Clinton. You imagine? How about Instagram? Now, look, I'm going to tell you straight up. I don't understand how to use Instagram. I don't. Okay, maybe I'm a dunce. Whatever. Uh, you know, I'm into photography. I'm just learning. So don't, don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. You know what I'm saying? Come on. It, I take pictures. I like to do it. I just like it. It's it's fun. It's fun. But I'm new. I'm new to I'm learning. I'm learning. So Instagram's supposed to be that platform, mostly all pictures, not much substance, exactly what Hillary supporters love. And she still does very poorly because on Instagram, Donald Trump has 6.2 million followers. Hillary Clinton has 800,000 followers. And Hillary Clinton's been at this a whole lot longer. Now, I don't even know what Reddit is. I'm going to confess to you. I don't know what Reddit is. Something. Don't know what it is. I have no idea. But Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T. Trump, 297,697. And actually, it's over that now. He's over 300,000 now. Clinton, 21,429. Hers has actually gone down. But on Hillary for prison, you guys know there's a Hillary for prison site. 255,228 subscribers. Look, my audience is one of those audiences that says, hey, you know, we're not going to put our name on stuff. Although, very, very safe, by the way, you click on theninjapastor.com or drshongreener.com. If you're on there more than 30 seconds, guess what? You're going to have a little pop-up pop-up on you. You just click and close it if you don't want any part of it. But what I'm asking you to do is put your name and your email in there. No biggie. You can pretend name. Doesn't matter to me. Click on that. We protect your identity and all that stuff. And so if I'm going to be in a city near you, some of that sort, guess what? You are going to get, you're going to know first. And you're going to get notification when I do posts and all that stuff. Big fun, big fun, right? Super big fun. So look, I promised you, we will go back to that in a little bit. I promised you, I'm going to have a, uh, I have a guy coming on now. His name is Lamar Gunn. Now, this is a guy, first of all, he's the snazziest dresser I think I've ever seen. Dude, the dude knows how to put on a suit of clothes. And uh, you, you that know me know that I don't. <laughs> I don't. I stand next to him. I stand a few feet away. Good looking dude. Very, very smart. Extremely intelligent. Um, uh, very well dressed. E extraordinarily great thinker. Extraordinarily great thinker. Um, he doesn't run off at his mouth. He's very, very measured in, uh, in what he says. But he says what needs to be said. And he's He's not all that concerned about political correctness. And so, folks, on the line now, we have a special guest running for lieutenant governor candidate running against Bethany Hall Long in Delaware, Mr. Lamar Gunn. Lamar, how are you, sir? Hey, outstanding. Thanks for having me, brother. I really appreciate the time with your show oh. and your listeners today. 
Pleasure is mine. Pleasure is mine. So listen, here's what I want to do. I know you don't have a whole lot of time, so I want to make use of our time. You're kind of running for high office, so um, I don't want to. I don't want to hold you up. But let me let me just say this, folks. What I want you to do is uh, jot this down and whatever you have to do. Gun. Now, look. This is whether you're in the state of Delaware or not. This is this man's going to be important to the country. Uh, not, and Lamar, if you can put your, I, I don't know if we can turn you up on that end. I've got you turned all the way up, but we can barely hear you when you talk. Um, you have to actually put your mouth right up to that, uh, right up to your microphone there. But folks, if you, whether you're for Delaware or not gun for us, which is, which I love that because it has gun in it, two N's G U N N F O R U S.com gun for us.com. I'm going to tell you something. You're going you're gonna to find something that you've never seen on another political website ever in your life. You are going to see the plan of all plans. I have never seen this. I've been, I've been in the public eye for a long time. I have been, you know, involved with politicians all the way up to, you know, Mitt Romney and, and all these other people. And as, as great as Mitt Romney's plan was, uh, as articulate as it was, nothing came close that I've ever seen to uh, Lamar Gunn's uh, jobonomics is one of the things that he talks about. And I'm telling you, folks, you, we need people to talk plain. So, so Lamar Gunn, how in the world did you come to this place in your, uh, I think, let's see, are you trying me on your cell phone? See if that does better? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm going to pick you. I'm going to pick you up. Here we go. All right. How about now? Oh, my lands. That's okay, much better. I can hear any better. A little is bit better. Just better? keep your mouth right there. Perfect. That is perfect right there. So the question right, I asked super. right before you switched over, see that? Listen, folks, Lamar handled a problem without a bunch of fuss. We didn't have to have a committee. We did not have to have a big uh, uh, government program to study what the problem was. Why was he thinking? He said, okay, I'm going to solve this. I'm not going to make a big deal of it. We'll just solve it. That's what we'll do. How about we come up with a solution? So yet another thing where Lamar guns the right guy. So, Lamar, how in yeah. the world did you get to this place? I mean, you're a guy from Los Angeles. How in the world did you end up in Delaware? Well, my mother thought that for my sister and I, we needed a better or we needed a chance other than what the streets of L.A. and the city would offer us with gang violence all around us and just extreme poverty. Uh, my grandmother made the switch uh, to the East Coast, and my mother decided it was the best thing for us to follow. No kidding. Wow. West coast to East coast. Well, you got to do what you got to do. You brought your style with you. Now you're known for wearing uh, kind of bold, but really super stylish clothing. You, uh, one of these days I'm going to have to go shopping with you because Lord knows I need help, man. I'm hi. I'm the worst dresser ever, but the bottom line nah, is, man. is, well, I, you're being kind. You're being kind. Uh, so, so you, you, you come out to the East coast. What do you do? What do you do for a job? How do you make your living? How do you feed your family? Well, I run a wealth management practice. I'm the CEO of uh, Gun Wealth Management here in Dover, Delaware. And, uh, you know, I got into that business because I realized that many people in my community had very little financial literacy, pretty much uh, none at all. And I decided that, that money was the great equalizer. But yet many of my folks knew nothing about how it worked and how to make it work for them. And I went on a path of many years of trying to educate myself and worked jobs that were below the poverty line. But I knew what I had a long term plan and it, it worked out.
Hmm. Now, your community, what, what do you mean your community? Meaning uh, the African-American community. There were very few people that look, or actually none, that looked like me who I could go to in my small circle of the city uh, and ask, hey, can you tell me how the stock market works? Uh, I was batting zero. And uh, I said, you know what, this, this can't be true. Uh, these are professionals. I have doctors, lawyers, even a few judges that were in that circle that I could touch, but none of them could tell me how money worked. And uh, I said, that, well, that's a problem. So I, I, I looked at it as an opportunity, and I worked many years at Merrill Lynch and then went out on my own and started my own practice. And, you know, hopefully one day I'll have something that I can pass on to my kids. Well, let me tell you, folks, he's not going to say it, but I'll say it because he's humble. Uh, Mr. Lamar Gunn has been extremely successful. And, you know, uh, when you talk about your community, going back to community, I have to I have to say I have a lot of friends in the black community and who have been extremely successful. And they always tell me there's it's a conundrum. It's a bit of a conundrum because they say, you know, on the one hand, you know, if you have a tough time growing up, you just want to get out of here. You just want to get out of here. And, and as you start to gain success, some of your buddies in your community say, hey, what do you think you are, better than us? You know, it happens in, it happens in all communities. It doesn't matter if it's a black community, Hispanic community. You know, you start to climb a little bit. You start to grow a little bit. And the first thing they say is, hey, what, what do you think? You're better than us? Did that ever happen to you? Right. Well, it's happened plenty of times. And to, to, I'll switch gears for you into this election, if, if you don't mind, just uh, but since you asked that question, I, what comes to mind right now is the fact that people look at me running for lieutenant governor as if you know it's some step up and I'm better than everyone else, and that's it, nothing could be further from the truth. I'm doing right. this out of necessity, you know, and it's it's a shame that so many, uh, not so many, but a select few people uh, that look like me uh, have been bought to undermine our efforts to build a community and to build a new community to start a chapter where we all work together as brothers and sisters. That means all people, you know, hmm. not just black or white, but all people, you know, in this country, we've been separated for far too long. And it's a shame on us that we keep electing the same people who don't care about us. We've gotten away from putting people first. And it's, if you look at, Delaware, an entire country. Tell me a time, before, it's, except for maybe slavery, that we were this divided. Hmm. You know what? Wait a second, Lamar. Now, hold up now. Lamar, we have a black president. We have, uh, we have uh, the second black attorney general, and we have more black people in positions of very, very high office. How is it that we are more divided now? I don't understand. How could, how come this happened? I thought we were going to be united. Well, it's because those people don't use their authority to affect positive change. Uh, yes, the leader of the free world happens to be a black man. However, at that level, nothing's trickling down. The, if you look at the states and see who is in charge, that will paint more of the picture that we're dealing with. And most, if unfortunately, the states where we see a lot of the violence and poverty and so forth and perpetual cycles of poverty, 
they're led by Democrats, and uh, unfortunately, some of them are even you know black leaders. But we must do something different. It, we're not getting any any help from D.C. This is a do-it-yourself job, um, mm. and that's what we have to get to in Delaware. We aren't. There's no folks coming in on horses or the cavalry and so forth. We have to roll our sleeves up, and I have to look at you as my brother. Mm. And you have to, in turn, do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we will create a bond like no other, and we could get back to business in America Mm. instead Mm. of doing everything else that I call them the petty differences. There are things that make us different, but there are so much more that 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 unites us mm-hmm. and we need to start focusing on that you know i worked at the chrysler plant as a student at the university of delaware making cars all mm-hmm. right making cars i in school all day i take sleep for three or four hours and then i go to the plant i ride my bike to the plant from campus and i work an eight-hour shift and I was making mm. over $50,000 as a college kid Wow! 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now people in Delaware are fighting for eight and a quarter or even $15. Mm. Our minimum wage is eight and a quarter. They, they'd like it to be $15. I'm saying $15. Who could live even on $15 an hour? Right. That's no career. I say keep, keep, minimum, wa- keep minimum wage low. I started out making a minimum wage as a teenager in Newcastle, Delaware, I decided I wanted more for my life than minimum wage. So I went to college. Yeah. I started a business. I determined how much I would make. I'm totally Hmm. against people being trapped into what they feel is a minimum wage as a career. Mm -hmm. It just makes no sense. And these, the pundits that we have or bureaucrats here, that's all that they push they want to enable people versus empowering them to succeed and live the dream. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> that brings up a question. Sounds to me like you were very eager to work hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's hard work. You, you're going to college, taking a full class load, and then you're going to go over to Chrysler or GM, which one Chrysler or GM? I worked at Chrysler uh, as an undergraduate. Once I graduated from Delaware, I worked in the engineering department at General Motors. So that's amazing. I worked at both both plants. But guess how much the average uh, salary of an auto worker is in Delaware today? I think it's probably close zero. to zero because we don't have the plants. Yeah, right. The plants are gone, and they're gone because we keep electing people to office on popularity contests versus experience. Yeah, I'm working this deal, trying to work with the executive team at Tesla to bring them to the OGM plant and create more than 5,000 direct and indirect jobs and closer Mm -hmm. to 10,000. Once you look at the partnership with solar city, which they they're trying to acquire, the deal hasn't gone all the way through yet. But th- we're talking now close to 10,000 direct and indirect jobs in Delaware just from that one move. Mm. But th- these companies say, well, Lamar, none of your uh, colleagues or, or elected officials in Delaware call us. And I say, well, duh, because they don't care. 
They're about collecting a check, sitting around legislative hall, passing anti-business policies, and going home or taking checks and monies from from special interests. That's mm-hmm. it. There's mm-hmm. a few good people, but but the majority are are on the take. Well, I hate to say it, but your your uh, opponent seems to be that exact person. Um, she presents a really good image, but she's really not terribly interested in what the people actually need. So you mentioned college and you mentioned working hard. And as a guy with 11 years of postgraduate education, obviously I've invested a whole lot in, in, uh, you know, education clearly, obviously I have, but things have changed now. So do you think that college today provides the same opportunities that you had? Because our, our, our educational system seems to me, it seems to need to change to reflect the changes uh, that we have, and I think all we going going all the way back to the secondary level. How do we make college uh, matter anymore? Because it seems like nowadays people get, you know, they they spend one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on college, and 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 two years after they graduate college with this degree, hi, welcome to uh, Starbucks. What can I get you? You know. Yeah. Well, I agree. Uh, we have to go back to in order to compete again. We have to focus on areas of huge or, or of demand. There has to, I mean, when I was at the University of Delaware, you could take advanced tennis, you know, to boost mm-hmm. your GPA, but had added no value at all to your long-term career. Uh, and nowadays, the colleges are at fault as well because the degrees or majors that are available aren't really all that in demand when we, because we, we think about careers we think locally but the world is so much more global the competition is no longer the kid that graduated for for a, for a university of delaware kid the competition isn't necessarily a kid who went to temple or uva it's the mm-hmm. kid in china who's actually mm-hmm. three or four years younger who has a laptop and access to the internet mm-hmm. Hmm. So we so we Hillary Clinton wants college to, to be free, though. Lamar, Hillary, Hillary wants college to be free. But, you know, she's got a bunch of millennials running around talking about, oh, free, free. You know, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. You know what they do, Lamar? Because because really the question here ends up being is is whether or not today uh, college still provides the same opportunity that you had, because it, it did. It was a great opportunity for you now. Well, do you think it still does that? I don't believe so, and I don't think college should be free because, you know, I heard this saying, once you get what you pay for, uh, mm-hmm. you would see, you know, curricula that would be so watered down. My goodness. Mm-hmm. And, no, I, I appreciate having to work at that mm-hmm. plant to pay my bills and also to right. help my mother who was struggling to raise my siblings. So I was a college mm-hmm. kid who had to work, you know, not just to, you know, pay his bills, but also send money home where my, right. my classmates were, they had debit cards and their parents were putting money in their account every week. But, you know, I look back now and those folks are, are struggling, mm-hmm. you know, the, recipe for disaster. Have to have, right. Yeah. The, they, that's what you get when you just hand things to people. And, mm. and I'll say it, it, you know, in the black community, this is what has happened. You know, these these liberal policies have come along 
that keep us forever in poverty, forever right. in poverty. It's a vicious cycle and it's generational. Well, you know, I, you know, when everyone goes to college, it really essentially ends up being meaningless, right? Because like you say, they, they, they study things that are stupid, advanced tennis, come on. Uh, it's just, it's just stupid. It, it makes no sense. But one of the things I like about you, and I like this the first time I met you, was you're very clear on what matters to you. And obviously family matters to you, working hard matters to you, doing the right thing matters to you. Uh, and there, and there, there aren't many people now that can, uh, what I, I asked you one time we met, uh, you didn't even know who I was. You didn't know I had 800,000 listeners. You didn't know anything about the Ninja Pastor. All you knew is there's some dude walking up to you asking you, what are you about? Well, look, you didn't struggle to answer that question. And I'll tell you what, I've run into more people, Lamar, that are uh, seeking, they either have uh, a high position, uh, an important position, or they're seeking it. They can't answer that question. They've got to go into a hundred different things. This is what you said to me. And I think it's amazing. It's reflected on your website, bullet pointed on your website. This is, this is why people need to elect you. First of all, we need to attract high quality jobs. Now, let me say this, Lamar. I don't think all high quality jobs are tech jobs. I think we need people to turn wrenches. We need people to right. build buildings. We need people to build roads. We need, you know, we need the concrete worker to put the bridges, you know, back in shape or build new ones. But high quality jobs, it, you know, you can support a family on some of these jobs. You can really do it. Oh, yeah. But that... But that means creating economic opportunities. And, and I remember your face lit up when you told me that. But then we got to the tough one, and this is going to be the hard one for you. Make all communities safe. Man, we've got Wilmington, Delaware, and your office. I've been to your office. Your building is absolutely stunning. And you're, you're in a beautiful place, but a block or two from you is danger. I mean, Dover is an extremely dangerous town. So how do we make the community safe? How do we do that? Where do we start? We start first by caring about people. Mm -hmm. We have to start caring about each other, not just in an election cycle, in a political or election year, but just caring about people. When you do that, you put people first, and, and you you trust and you pray to God I mean, it's, these are the things that will bring us out of this this mess. But to, just to put it short, is putting people first. If we put people first, we'll create policies that create jobs. Instead, mm -hmm. in our state, I don't know if you recognize it, but I'm a small business owner. And th last week, we got the news that our insurance rates were going up 33%. percent you got to be kidding me. And now I have many in my circle who are planning to lay off hundreds of people by the end of the year because they can't afford these new rates. Mm. This makes no sense at all. You And I agree with you that not every uh, great job has to be a tech job. When I worked in those plants, there were people who were making sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 a year. This is over 25 years ago, and they didn't even have a high school diploma. But they were able to do that job just like anyone else. And that was at wow. General Motors and Chrysler. Mm -hmm. there were, the majority of the people that were working in those manufacturing plants did not have a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. 
but yet they could provide for their families. Many of the kids that I went to college with, their parents worked in those plants and were able yeah. to provide them with the opportunity. But the, they, the, they the problem the is, work. right, yeah, they failed to pass down the hard work. And, and the problem is, and, and I, I'll call it how I see it, is that the baby boomers failed to pass down the hard work. We, you know, mm. gave us everything. Mm-hmm. And and now it's it's showing. It's showing. So, so we can make uh, go ahead. So what would what would the lieutenant governor do? Your lieutenant governor Dun- uh, gun. Now, uh, you know, and I should say, listen folks, um it's going to be a tough row to get uh Colin Benini elected as governor. I mean, it's just a tough Delaware is a blue blue state, but I think we have a real good chance of getting uh, Mr. Lamar Gunn elected as lieutenant governor in the state of Delaware. I really believe that. So as lieutenant governor, how, what do you do? Like day one, what is your, I don't want to say day one. I mean, day one, you're, you know, you're cleaning your office and you're make you're getting rid of the crap the person behind you left behind, but making the community safe. Look, it's a dangerous joint. You know, it seems right. like everywhere you go in Delaware, Delaware used to be a really, you know, Wilmington had its problems, but, and Dover had its problems, but it was it's nothing like it is now. How do we fix that? How do we fix? How do we make this these communities? Because look, there's a lot of people that are in those communities that are afraid to come out of their. They they don't even want to come out of their house. They're 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 afraid. I have friends of mine who own small businesses who will not go into Wilmington, Delaware. They say, look, I'm I don't want to get accused of racism, but look, I can't take my truck with every tool I have, $60,000 worth of tools on it, go in there and get robbed again. They've been robbed and been robbed and been robbed. They can't do it again. So what do we do? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that. Well, there are two stats that will, that shock my conscience where I don't know if you've heard this, but small little Delaware in our major city, Wilmington ranks as murder town, USA, most violent, city small city in america here's one you probably did not know that delaware little delaware is number two in the country for increases in drug overdose one come on i didn't know that for real yes yes under my opponent's watch just between 2008 and 2014 the number is going to be double once they come out for 15 and 16 but between those years, 1,236 of our kids died from a drug overdose mm. in Delaware. Mm. So little old Delaware, 1,000 in that small period, 1,236 people. So I preached on this yesterday, in fact, or uh, well, uh, Sunday. Right. And you probably didn't know this either. I'm the only Republican NAACP president in the country. And that happens to also be an NRA member. Oh, so, come on. Third rail, brother. And, and you just done touched the third rail. Yeah. Well, here's an, an extra one for you then. I recently became or was honored as the the uh, honorary chief of police for the city of Dover because of mm. the work that I did to save this city tens of mm. millions of dollars and, and, and the re- – diffusing what was soon to be a very vicious match 
of a riot up and down our, our, our main corridor of Lockerman Street, people were ready. They were sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the only way that they thought they could get justice was to just to burn the place down. And I said, well, 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 what's, let me tell you this. I'm from South Central Los Angeles. There's a place called Watts where, you know, my parents and others burn the city down. And I would ask my mother as a kid, well, mom, why are these buildings burned down? Mm. And there was no good answer. And guess what? We were mm. still poor decades mm. later. And those buildings, even in 2016, there's still parts of watch that have not recovered. So I said, listen, we can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Right. So I sat people right. down. I met privately with the chief of police, who happens to be a great friend of mine now, where before <laughs> we sat down, we were at each other's throats. But, you know, God placed it on my heart and mind to say, hey, listen, more more conversation and less confrontation. Mm -hmm. And when people awesome. sit down and just talk things out, it's amazing what can happen. And now in Delaware, in Dover, Delaware, we've created the national model for black uh, community police relations. Hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Well, that's certainly a, a big step. So next on your list is ensure quality education for all. But then right after that, you have reduced the cost of government. And I have to say, the cost of government drives me insane. But one of the things that really drives me insane is, you know, teachers don't like to be called teachers anymore. They want to be called educators. So um, one of the things we hear a lot is, hey, we have to have a referendum to build new schools because we don't have, you know, we don't have enough room in our schools. And then I go and I say, well, wait a second, three and a half years ago, we had a referendum or we built a new school or five new schools. How many ever schools we built these schools? And they said, Hey, we need a tax increase in order to educate the children. It's really all about the kids. So then we come back now, three and a half, four years later, and they say, Hey, you know what we need? We need more money and we need more time. That's government. Government keeps doing that. They keep telling us they need more money and need more time. So we want a quality education, but there's a synapse there somewhere along the line that we have people who are not playing. One of the things I like about Trump, now I'm not going to put you in a position to say where you stand on him, but one of the things I like about him is his projects come in under budget and before due. And uh, I like that. I'm so tired of our government at all levels wasting money and the product that they come out with. It's a poor product. Now we've, you know, I, you, you just spend a lot of time talking about attracting high quality jobs, creating economic opportunities and making the community safe. But then we have this quality education for all. And I see the money that in Delaware we spend per student. And I think, well, what are we going to spend more money on this? How do we do it? How do we, how do we ensure quality education for all? Right. Can I, you done? I don't want lay to lay it on, lay it on, man. There. I buttered the toast. Well, time to put the jelly on it. Yeah, how about it? I'll tell you, it, it's it's going to keep going back to the same thing, though. It's putting people first, putting people mm -hmm. first, and it's it, it's a shame that I visited a at the Wilmington Senior Center, where guess how many? Oh God, I keep getting these stats because they shock me. They'll probably shock you too. Eight thousand and eight hundred grandparents are raising their grandchildren. In Delaware. Hold up. What? 
Hold up. What? What did you just say? <laughs> I got this from uh, the Division of what, Health and Social Services. 8,800 grandparents are forced to raise their grandchildren in Delaware. Oh, that, that's now, horrible. I, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, so these are grandparents who these kids are coming home with homework. The grandparents have no clue. I had a listening session with them last night. That's the other problem is just the politicians just talk, talk, talk. I'm making it my business to get around the state and listen to people. Mm. Man, that that broke my heart. What you just said just now broke my heart. 8,000 plus grandma is raising how, uh, who knows how many kids, but there's 8,000 grandma. That's crazy, Lamar. Right. These folks have raised their kids and should be out on the beach traveling and to see it, to see the dynamic and to up close and personal, you can tell that these folks are, they're, they're overmatched and overwhelmed, mm. but they're just doing what they have to do because in these were, it was predominantly a, uh, a black group. There were a few whites who had the same challenges. But when I asked them, well, where are your kids? The answer was many of them were on drugs. And guess what? Mm -hmm. My opponent hasn't take has, there's not one other official in the state that has taken more money than her from the drug companies. No which, doubt. No doubt. Which, which peddle these things, these opiates and so forth. There's a, use the excuses, painkillers into the community, which leads to heroin. Mm. And uh, I asked her, she's running to make our state healthier. I said, well, what's healthy about being number two uh, mm -hmm. as far as drug abuse? You know, what's, and I, and it, it has to be said that these folks will just say anything to get elected. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's up to right. us to send the message that we want something different. So you asked me also, and I, I'm going to digress for a moment about what I would do uh, on day one. I'm already doing this as I hope to become the first ever jobs ambassador mm -hmm. in this state. The lieutenant governor's office, just think about it. It should not just be the warming seat for the next governor, but that's what it's been. Instead, get your butt out on the streets and work for people. The mm -hmm. influence of that office, when I call Tesla or DuPont or any of these folks, and you're the lieutenant governor, and you want to talk about the future of the company, what adds value for shareholders as well, and how, how all this can work together to benefit the people of Delaware, that's mm -hmm. what you should be doing. Not just right. sitting around, sitting as the president of the Board of, of, board of, uh, of Pardons, which isn't a, a very important job, or presiding right. over the Senate, or hoping that the governor passes out or something along those lines. Those are the three things that the lieutenant governor does. But the main thing that most of these folks do is that, hey, you know, I'm next in line. You know, that mm -hmm. makes means my opponent sometime when she's in her 60s, because she's in her mid-50s now, uh, mm -hmm. would be the next in line to become governor. And for mm -hmm. me, I'm saying, no, folks, 
I have four years in this position to do what I said and to add some value to our state and make the place a little better for my kids and your kids. That's right. it. I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm I four years yeah. and I'm done. But, well, but one of the things I'd love to, yeah, she's, she's career. This girl's all about career. career. I'm telling you, she's Bethany Hall Long. And I'll tell you what else, too. I did invite her to be on the show. As soon as I knew you were going to be on, I invited her. She's, she is my, uh, I'm in her district. And I oh, can wow. tell you for years, she's never returned a single phone call. She's never, uh, she has never, other than <laughs> months later to say, hey, here's my private number. You call the private number. Guess what? It's not her private number. It's her uh, spokesperson who literally never calls you back. So, you know, you got to be better than, than that. But one of the problems with our schools <laughs> and, and it is, uh, it, it's really an unpredictable influx of children. You got migrant workers, Syrians. You've got drug problems in the parents, which result in the children going to school, to school, to school, to school. You've got kids. I Listen, I've interviewed school nurses. And, you know, they don't want their names used. And I, I ha I'm very close with several uh, teachers, extremely close with others. Uh, and, and I can tell you from the inside out, they tell me, you know, Dr. Sean, uh, you wouldn't believe how much, how, how much psychotropic drug delivery we do in the nurse's office every single day. And then some of the schools in, in, uh, in, in, in some of the poorer districts, and when I say poor districts, I don't want people to think poor from the standpoint that we don't spend as much money in the districts. I mean poor from a demographic of the students because we spend as much or more money in those schools. Well, I can tell you, we feed them breakfast, but we give them, we give them, I think it's three minutes or four minutes to eat it. We give them breakfast and we say, you got teachers, you got to get these kids. But, but here's the thing. They don't want anybody to be embarrassed. So they feed in this school district. They feed. Now I'm, I'll speak to middle school. They feed every single kid, whether you qualify for free or reduced or whatever, every single kid, because they don't want any kids singled out, but you got to, you got to feed them, get them in there, feed them twice during the day for free. And the first meal, breakfast, most important meal of the day, you got four minutes to do it. And you have uh, 45 kids in one class. And then in the middle of class, you have a person come in, teacher comes in and says, here's your new student. And oh, by the way, she doesn't speak any English. I, you don't even, who can plan for that? Who can, who can teach kids when that's what happens? So you know, we've got a problem there. Um, you mentioned something. Listen, I think you ought to be viewed as a hero for saving millions and millions of dollars, saving the government, which when we say we save the government millions of dollars, guess what we're really doing? We're saving the American taxpayer millions of dollars. We're making government more efficient because one doesn't come without the other. How do we reduce the cost of government? Once again, putting people first. Uh for one, we have a major problem with our state budget. Mm. We, when I tell you that we have to stop electing people that don't have any business sense, mm -hmm. Delaware within the next 18 to 24 months will be bankrupt. You probably uh -oh, didn't what? know that. No, I did not. Bankrupt. And selling oh, off assets. Hmm. The city of Wilmington lost a port because just of 
folks didn't know what they were doing. But here's here's let me tell you a major problem. We spend almost more than any other state in education, mm-hmm. but yet we have the worst results. Right. The worst. Our scores right. and our our kids. Almost just a little over one out of every ten kids reads at grade level in our state. Can you believe that? Mm. And the numbers yeah, even it's... lower for for black and brown kids. Mm. But I'll tell you this because I got jumped on by the press and the folks on the other side because I took a stand against Syrian refugees. Mm-hmm. And these my opponent wants to make Delaware a sanctuary state. Right. And I'm saying, well, I don't have anything against Syrians, nothing at all. I love all people as my brothers and sisters. However, however, I have a problem when there's so many people, when the school bus stops outside of a farm or a wooded area to pick kids up as they run from the woods because they live in the woods. Mm-hmm. I have a problem that kids in Dover and in Wilmington do not eat at all on on Saturday, on Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. They just try to survive. And I realize or I found that most behavior issues in our schools in Delaware, in the minority communities, teachers are reporting these on Monday and Friday. Guess why? Because the Why? kids know that they are on Friday, they aren't going to eat over the weekend, so they're a little antsy about that. On Monday, when they are on the bus, they're reporting all these incidents on the buses on Monday morning. Because the kids are just riled up. They haven't had anything to eat. They can't wait to school to get that breakfast that you're talking about that they get three minutes to eat. And they don't even need that three minutes. They do it in 90 seconds because they have not eaten all weekend. Mm. But it, so it doesn't matter how much money we spend if kids if kids if you're at 8 years old and you're preparing you know uh your 3-year-old and 2-year-old siblings you're taking care of them trying to figure out how they're going to eat because your mother's down the street and a uh, doing heroin and you're left to fend for your entire family. So when we talk about making government smaller, so education, I believe that we should keep spending where in education, but we have to allocate the monies differently. I'm from Los Angeles. Millions of people live in L.A. We have less than a million people in this state. Los Angeles has one school district. Why do we have 19? I, you know what? Come on. Preach that. I, I need to understand that. Somebody tell me why do we have, and I, you know what, I'll tell you what I think it is, and you can you can tell me, hey, look, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's political subdivisions. I think it's political power. It's power wrangling. It is it right. is uh, culling of political power to oneself. I mean, am I right, or I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And, uh, no, you're right, but guess who endorsed, guess who the Teachers Association uh, endorses? It's not Crazy, me, I'll right? tell you that much. Uh, because yeah. I'm saying less of this. We spend millions mm-hmm. upon millions of dollars for people to sit in these district offices, and they do nothing. It's Let's give that money to the teachers. You know, I'm mm-hmm. tired of writing personal checks to teachers who tell me they don't have enough money to stock their classroom. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? 
you know, and let's talk about the healthcare side of things because that's really that's the major gorilla in the state. Oh yeah, our uh, we're spending between education and healthcare over seventy percent of our budget. But we just oh, I'm sorry, what terrible? Hold, hold up, hold up, between, Lamar. Did you just say between two things we spend seventy percent of our budget? No daggone wonder we're yeah. going bankrupt. Yes. Well, here's the thing. With the Unaffordable Care Act, we are going to see the numbers skyrocket in 2017 to a point we won't be able to pay them. We're already in the hole heading into the next year, already in the mm. hole, and, and which is such a shock to me that our elected officials use the sheet monies and, and so forth, and they have built it in as if it's a part of the budget. That's just mm -hmm. like you or me saying, hey, we found $10 on the street this week. Let's add that to our monthly budget. Would we do that? No. Of course we wouldn't. But that's mm -hmm. what our state is doing with, with our budget. And because we don't have an answer for the employee benefits, they're forcing our state employees to work harder and to pay more for, for their insurance premiums and so forth and co-pays but they aren't paying them any additional money. They aren't even keeping up with, with inflation with these salaries. There's people who work in state government who haven't received a raise in over 10 years. Mm -hmm. But I can guarantee you it costs a lot more to buy that same gallon of milk. So people right. are having to do so much more with less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Protect the Second Amendment. Know, I know we're running out of time. Protecting the Second Amendment, boy, that's important to me. And I noticed that you, you know, you, uh, you, you have a good relationship with the NRA, and uh, and and certainly we hear mixed things from the NAACP. Usually, uh, the the voice of the NAACP is is a liberal voice, uh, which which says, you know, gun violence is the problem. You have right here, protect the Second Amendment. What does that mean to you, protecting the Second Amendment? protecting the second amendment you know i'm the constitutional guy that says hey listen not just the first amendment but what about number two i believe uh, once we get back to the education and we understand the history of things for one i get looked mm -hmm. at as if i had the play when people learned that oh he's a black republican right when people if so many people don't understand the history of things for one Let's just talk. Let's since you brought up Second Amendment, the NRA was founded to protect newly right. freed blacks. Preach. Newly freed blacks from former slave owners. Mm -hmm. The NRA was founded to help them, meaning newly freed blacks defend themselves. Mm -hmm. But now, based on the propaganda machine, you know you you you're told that the NRA is evil. You're told that the Republican Party is evil. My grandparents tell me they couldn't even vote Democrat when they were younger because the Democrats were the ones hurling rocks at them, hot mm. coffee at them when they Come were on. trying to poll. Ridiculous than things for them to prove that they could vote. It was Democrats that were doing that. It was Democrats that were fighting to keep folks 
to block the the, the uh, Voting Rights Act. Look who filibustered that. It wasn't the Republican Party. We right. also know when we talk about the emancipation of slaves, that was what – who who's a party of emancipation again? I think it's the Republican Party. And, and, right. and to call a spade a spade, the Republican Party is not the same party that it once was. But by God, I can tell you that we must return to being the party for all people and the party of principle. And I mm-hmm. think one person at a time, we're on our way. That's awesome. Hey, you know, you, you said something about education. You know, obviously, uh, most of the people on the left and, and Democrats, they don't, they don't believe. They will not believe what you just said about the NRA, even though I know it to be fact. They will not believe what you said about the Democrat Party being opposed to uh, civil rights uh, and voting rights for black people. They won't believe that. They won't believe it. So, but here's the thing. We have schools now, public schools, taxpayer-funded public schools. Uh, now they're in the position they can't educate. They can't. They can't speak the education. So what do they do? They speak. Uh, they teach propaganda. They teach agenda. They teach uh, and deal with. They're they're not educators anymore. Really, they're social servants. It's a social service thing. So we right. provide them food. We provide these kids food. We provide them health care, mental health services. I just talked about the drugs that some of these people, uh, these these nurses are nervous in their in their nurses' offices because of all the drugs they have there because they're afraid they're going to get robbed. And this is all on the school. And then we, let's throw on top of that, Lamar, instead of sex education in the home, we have sex education at school. And somehow or another, we're getting it wrong. We're teaching, uh, we're not teaching actual true history. We're teaching some made up stuff that fits the agenda uh, of the left. And, the, and, 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 you know, I wrote a book called Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. And everywhere I go all across this country and I give Great. speeches and, uh, and, and, and part of that book is it really slams uh, a big chunk of public education, not the teachers per se, but it slams what's behind the system that's behind that. We need to teach the truth. And I think that calls for a major overhaul, but ultimately it comes down to this. Cause I know we're out of time. I, you know, you talk about honoring the veterans. I'm a United States Navy veteran. You talk about reducing tax and health care costs. You've talked about Obamacare being an, an abomination uh, and bringing all the communities together. But in just a little tiny bit of time we have left, you know, knowing how close we are to uh, election day, what if you, if you had a few minutes to talk to the people, what would you say? I would say that this is the most important election of our lifetime. And in Delaware, one party rule has put us in a situation like no other. We have high crime, high drug use, our schools are failing, we have no money. Manufacturing jobs have left, have left, and it's because the people who we put our trust in have failed us. Mm. And one part, and and I hate to use it my time to say this, but what sense does it make? People swear an oath to serve a term to represent their district or their people. But how often is it that they jump halfway through for a political promotion and we allow it by voting for them? Mm -hmm. How dishonorable is that? 
how much? And it's this is the reason why we don't have a lieutenant governor today, because he's the attorney general. Mm. And that's hurt so many families on the board of pardons where the lieutenant governor breaks the tie. Mm. Those ties, there have been hundreds of ties on the board of pardons because there was not a lieutenant governor to break the tie. So when there's a tie, it means no pardon. It means go back. No, you can't get that job because of the record, which you should have had pardon. But unfortunately, we only had four out of our five. So Mm. I'm telling people, listen, my opponent is taking all the money from special interest groups. Like I said, she's big pharma. I hate all the liquor stores in the in the poorest communities. She's even taken the money, had a fundraiser in my neighborhood with all of the liquor store owners in the state who are all backing her. Because I'm the guy that says less liquor stores, more access to health uh, facilities, which in many communities throughout the state that are economically disadvantaged, they have no access to quality health care. The money that we spend uh, as I mentioned earlier, with 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 healthcare, healthcare is just done so poorly that our senior centers and our grand, for one, I mentioned those grandparents earlier, they don't even apply for benefits that the parents would get. So they're really struggling with their fixed income and trying to raise these kids. My opponent voted against against this. My opponent voted for so many things that show or prove that she doesn't care about people. And I'm telling folks, wake up. Wake up. She Mm. is going to outspend me probably 100 to 1. And I don't know if that allows us to compete. So I am telling people, listen, if you want change in Delaware, you want to check and balance, because guess what? You can be of different parties and be elected lieutenant governor and governor. If you Mm. want a big gun pointed at whoever wins the governor's office to make sure that that person's fighting for the people, you find a way to work like it all depends on you and pray like it all depends on God. But while Mm. you're doing that, while you're doing that, you're knocking on doors for us. You're writing a check, friends of Lamar Gunn. Write a check, friends of Lamar Gunn. Pick up the phone. Call people, your neighbors, your friends, your family. Drive them to the polls. Get them working. If not, we are not going to have anything left in this state. And it breaks my heart that last night at the debate, one of my opponent's supporters came out and called her out publicly and said that, you know what, she's tired of hearing all this crap. My opponent doesn't answer her phone calls and that she's been here all her life. And she's retired, but she's thinking of leaving the state because she can't take it anymore. Mm. She can't take it anymore, and she's too old to recover from another setback. So, wow. Well, listen, it's been an honor to have you on with us today, Lamar. I, uh, I tell you what, I so appreciate your, your candor, your style. Uh, I appreciate how you approach things. I knew when I first met you, I said, this is a guy who we need to get involved. We need citizens, patriots. We, we need people uh, in the interest of self-governance and understanding self-governance who are willing to invest in self-governance to bring it back to putting the people first, not just in Delaware, but all across this country. We have 
over 800,000 listeners uh, on Wednesdays all around the world. But America and around the world, you just heard from a guy, Lamar Gunn, running for lieutenant governor of the state of Delaware. You just heard what a citizen patriot is all about. Lamar, thank you so much. Uh, we're looking forward to pushing that lever for you. And we're in Delaware on November 8th. Um, registered in the state of Delaware to vote. So we will do that. And then it'll be my honor. And uh, I hope uh, that, that I don't know how many people we have listening from Delaware, but I sure hope uh, that all of them will consider uh, pulling the lever for you. Cause uh, you know what, we're glad you're here and we're going to do all we can to get you out front. Hey doctor, can I give them my website as well? Absolutely. Let it rip. It. But it's www.gunforus, that's G-U-N-N-F-O-R-U-S.com, gunforus.com. Awesome. awesome. We love it. Thank you, brother. We'll be talking to you again. God bless you. Appreciate you. So, America, uh, there you have it. So there you have it. And here's the bottom line for you. You know, that's what a citizen patriot does. Listen, this, this guy, you heard this guy. He's telling the truth. And you think that they want this guy elected because he's telling the truth about, hey, look, state of Delaware going to be bankrupt. One of the wealthiest states in the country uh, just a, a few decades ago, we, we led the nation in surplus per, per, uh, per capita. Now we're going to be bankrupt. And you know what? I don't believe a thing that his opponent, Bethany all along, I don't believe a thing that she says. Uh, she hasn't kept a single promise. She is just like Hillary Clinton. She will say whatever has to be said. She is addicted to political power. Her own husband got caught tearing down her opponent's signs in her election, uh, in her bid to, to hold her seat last time, and still she was elected. Got caught, videotaped, tearing down her opponent's signs, her own husband. I didn't know a thing about it. Meanwhile, she won't return calls unless you can advance her politically. She's not going to talk to you. Here's the crazy thing, folks. Hillary Clinton, same exact way. Listen, I didn't get a chance to uh, to get to all my Hillary stuff. Lamar uh, only had a, a limited amount of time, and if he and look, he was willing to go over. I'm willing for him to go over. You know what I'm saying? We're doing a 90 minute show today, and not a two hour show, so we're three minutes from our end. Um, but I appreciate you if you're just joining us. I see a lot of activity on the the board over there. If you're just joining us and going, Hey, I thought I was only 20 minutes late. That's okay. That's okay. Because, uh, in about seven minutes, the replay will be available at the same link commercial free. And so we didn't have time to get any commercials today, which obviously will not help me pay for it. But if you want to chip in, uh, to what we do, even in a little tiny way, every little bit helps the ninjapastor.com click on the donate button. We sure appreciate it. Uh, folks all over the country, thank you for taking the time to listen today. We we appreciate you, no doubt about it. I love all your letters. I love all your your emails, your notes, all the different things that you do to, to tell us, hey, we're listening, and we appreciate you, and you matter. So, folks, one last thing I want to say to you. When you pray for my brother Lance and my great friend Chris Cahalan, I'll know in just a few minutes what the what the verdict is with the doctor. When you pray for them, realize you're not praying to a big God. You're praying to the only God. You're praying to Heavenly Father. You're praying to Hashem Adonai Elohim. Only, the only answer, truly and really, is Yeshua. The only true answer is Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, go to my website, get a hold of me. I will introduce you face-to-face. -face. 
Thank you so much for your encouragement. Thank you to the folks in chat. I have the smartest chat bunch. I'll tell you what, y'all are amazing. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll be here on Sunday. If you haven't heard Sunday's message, it is very difficult. I told you that Sunday's message was the most difficult message uh, uh, I have ever delivered. And to be real honest with you, it, it's absolutely true. Uh, it's also the most feedback I've ever gotten on a Sunday message. So I encourage you to listen to Sunday's commercial free. It's at the ninjapastor.com. Listen to that. Let us know what you think about it. And uh, we hope that it blesses you. Thank you again. God bless America. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www. DrSeanGreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.